Welcome everyone to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Doing fantastic, man. It's been a long and busy day per usual, but excited to be doing a quick fight night here with you. Yeah, yes. It's been a long overdue since we've had a fight night, which is actually kind of a shame because there's definitely been a number of subjects that we have let come and go through our Twitter that we that we hopefully remember, but I currently don't remember right now. That's what Twitter is for. It's there forever. Um, <laughs> guys, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you're missing out on all of the arguing that happens in between fight nights and POV crypto episodes. So make sure to follow at Trustless States and CK underscore Snarks for all the action. We come off really friendly on our podcast, and we come off really mean on Twitter, so it keeps things really interesting. There's no nuance in Twitter. It's just like, you're dumb, you're wrong, you don't get yeah. it. You, you suck, and you don't get it. We're leaving you behind. Bitcoiners love to fucking uh, tweet at you, dude. You, you've done a successful job of like attracting all the Bitcoiners who just want to shit on an ETH head. Yeah, who's the latest one? Grubles. Oh, yeah. Who is he? He's a developer at Blockstream. God, he's just the classic Bitcoiner, right? Like, oh, and Fura is going to take down Ethereum and CryptoKitties clog the network and no one can run a node. Just like, like there are three things that I you can quickly identify a Bitcoiner who's just plainly shitting on Ethereum without having any sort of mind of their own. One is you can't run your own node. Two is Infura is controlling the network. And three, uh, the EF or consensus, take your pick, is also controlling the network. Like one of those, it's like 99% of, of uh, criticism towards Ethereum and like all of it is just wrong. Just wrong, no. <laughs> like if you haven't had the time to research it, then you're not paying attention. I don't know if it's 100% wrong, but we'll see how important it is. It's wrong. I think that there's... It's wrong. Didn't I, say, I said 99%, right? Or did I say 100? Uh, I, I think I said 99. I don't like how Ethereum as a community and as an organization is structured and their attempts to scale and upgrade moving forward. And that is a nuanced subject. But that doesn't have anything to do with how consensus or the EF controls Ethereum. Maybe they don't control it like kings, but they have a very strong say in how things shake out. Yeah, because... That's because like the distributed uh, set of um, developers that are working on Ethereum 2 are getting paid by them, but that doesn't mean that they actually control the direction. Wait, do, we, do you have yours in gallery view? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I want to make sure yeah. I see my face uh-huh. when you say right. that. <laughs> you guys watch us on YouTube. You just get so much extra context too. So your face just then was about how like, oh, well, if they pay them, then they get to have what they want. Right, because follow the money, bro. that's that's that, follow the money, right? But the whole point, like the difference is, the whole point of the EF is to become a smaller organization. Like they're designed to deplete over time, and then okay, then the Bitcoin argument is like, well, well, you know, that's that's just not how it works. They're gonna they're gonna find a way to stick around so they can keep on making money. No, we have this new system, this new blockchain system, and we have this mandate in the EF to not specifically not do that. And so the whole point of the EF is to deplete itself and be have a reductionist policy, which is what they have been doing. And so actually what's ha- really cool has happened lately um, is that the EF has donated, I don't know how much it was, but it was like a significant amount of money. I think it was like 
$10 million to Gitcoin grants. And so you can go to Gitcoin, which is just this system that uh, gives out Ether or DAI or other tokens to projects that you can fund yourself. And they're doing this thing called CLR grant matching. I can't remember what CLR stands for, but it's kind of like uh, quadratic matching, except the way that this works is that um, say 10 people, it's, it's a matching system. So if you uh, donate, you get matched, but it doesn't happen linearly. So if you donate like $1, you aren't getting matched by $1. It goes through a little bit of an algorithm. And the way that this algorithm works is that um, if one person donates $10 to one particular project, then they get matched some amount. But if 10 people donate $1 to a different project, then they get matched exponentially more. And so it's a way of matching um, individual contributions, like unique person contributions, rather than just like matching whales. So if, if like one whale comes and donates $1 million, then they're not going to get matched that much. But if like uh, 10,000 people donate uh, you know, math, like $1,000, then they're all going to get matched a lot more just because of how that's how the, the people want to say it. And so the EF took a significant amount of their funds and they donated, donated it to Gitcoin. So it's basically the people allowing, it's, it's the EF allowing the people to control where their funds are going. Can you talk about specific numbers? Because, you know, like let's talk percentages because, you know, you could throw up a big number and that could still be nothing in terms of the, the whole pie. Somebody has this announcement somewhere. Eric Connor will know. Eric, answer my question. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to dig this up. Also, Eric, when are you coming on the podcast? Are you scared of me? I don't bite. <laughs> oh, we'll see if he listens to this particular episode. I don't, I don't think he listens yeah. to every single one. Only Probably only the Ethereum stuff. You can't burst your bubble if you just stay in there. I think he likes it. I think he likes it. <laughs> He, he he needs to subscribe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, listen to every show, bro. Same with you, Crypto Dad. I expect you to listen to every show from here on out. Uh yeah, Travis Travis should be listening. He'll be listening to this one. He admitted on the internet that he he hasn't listened to our most recent shows. Can you believe it? Well, he was busy uh getting me on stage at Tel Aviv Israel, so I'm going to give him a pass. All right, Travis. Just this one time. Put me on stage on to, at, at Tel Aviv. Absolutely I'll burst not. some bubbles. I'll burst <laughs> no some bubbles. Way. Let's go. You are not allowed. Okay, so are we ready I for you guys, I thought you guys were anti-echo chamber, huh? Is it just me? Yeah. Not ethereal. Ethereal is just going to be about Ethereum. If we hosted a so anti-echo chamber... So you want to make an chamber, event that is an echo chamber? <laughs> no, if, we wanted to, if, if you and I wanted to get together and make an anti-echo chamber-based event... There would be two people that would go, and it would be you and me. No one would want to go to that. Everyone Fuck loves their guys. tribe. It's the point of the tribe. Well, the thing is, is that we would have very strict criteria for our anti-echo chamber event. What well, like, would that criteria be? I mean, obviously, no EOS, no Tron, <laughs> no Ripple, none of this shit. Like, it would be like, it's honestly kind of just like, oh, more slightly enlarged echo chamber. It's like... The mm -hmm. ETH and Bitcoin echo chamber that are allowed to be there. You say your blockchain must take in at least like fifty thousand dollars in fees to participate. Oh, that's there's two of them. I mean, my kind of event is a Bitcoin event, and then just throw David in there just to make things interesting. 
<laughs> me, me and my maker dash shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so before we got carried away on this little tangent, um, David was talking about how the EF is trying to have really unbiased ways of divvying up money and you know getting it into the hands of the people that need it who are going to build on eth and i'm i mean even if they could do it fairly i'm just still extremely apathetic um like are are these projects even viable in the market and does anyone actually want them on gitcoin i don't know i don't know i kind of like the vicious uh, the kind of vicious tests of the market to finance something and for something to be at least productive um, for it to even be viable. So, like, I don't like in academia grant systems and all that kind of baloney, and I'm kind of skeptical of them here. And you could go say, like, okay, well, Bitcoin devs don't get funded either. And like, yeah, well, it's hard for them to get funding. They literally have to scrap, and I think that the fact that they won't get funding and that they still do it is what makes the code so damn powerful and when they do get funding like it's on the right terms it's not um it's not with any strings attached or whatever whatever it's it's market driven mm -hmm. funding uh so i don't know that that's just my mental model and why i'm just not I, I i don't see a whole lot of signal and i know you said earlier that i don't get it but you know that's just me right so th w this is something that we also want but it's not what we want right now uh, because we need to learn. We were in a learning phase. And so this is where we get to subsidize our activities and like provide little cushions for people to experiment with. And it's not something that is supposed to be perpetual into the future. And it can't be perpetual into the future anyways, because the EF has ether and Bitcoin as their funds, not, I don't think they have any Bitcoin. I think they traded it all for ether. And so they have this hard asset. You no. figure that out. No, I don't. That seems like some pretty important information, given I mean, your strong opinions about the EF. Not really, because it's just about, like, the point about, the important thing about the EF is that they are getting smaller and their funds are going away over time. If they said, like, okay, we're... I don't we're think so at all. I think, I think most likely if E succeeds, they will last forever and they will be a massive institution with a large amount of Ethereum. Even if they spend 90% of it now, that 10% they hold on to will be very significant. So that just doesn't make sense to me. Unless they make it a mandate to spend every cent of it, which I don't think that they will, or they could do it in time. If they're, okay. Well, their, their mandate in, is to be a, a subtraction-based entity. That's the word that they use, subtraction-based. They, they want to get smaller. And so that's, why, that's their, why they used Gitcoin to not hire a manager, but instead just use Gitcoin to allocate funds. Right. And so like that, that is something that they have mandated saying we are going to get smaller. Um, and so rather than rather than hiring people to to figure out how to manage the funds, they've pushed it out to the community to figure out how to do that, like hired contractors rather than hired an employee, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like it's all the things that Bitcoiners would in theory want. I mean, I, and I totally respect it, but. Except except that's fun, funding on Ethereum, except it's not what they want. And so going back to like all these like market driven innovations like Uniswap, for example, everyone's favorite protocol. And it didn't take any funding when it was built. Hayden just built it. And so what, what uh, the EF is doing is saying, all right, Hayden, we want you to keep doing whatever you're doing. Here's money to do it. They don't even give him any restrictions or whatever on the money. They don't, he could go buy fucking strippers and coke with it. 
Like they're not giving him any rules. They're giving so him bear. They're just giving him the bear asset. Boom. Right. There you go. Giving, here's the here's the here's the money. Here's the die. Mm-hmm. Here's the ETH. Um, and so he and then he gets to hire a team and and directs the team. And so like maybe there's like they're not profit because the whole point of, of Uniswap is to not take profit as a company because they want to give all the profits to the people that supply liquidity. Therefore, if we want to continue the development and and uh, perfection of this application, let's pay them money now. And then when we run out of money, that's when they'll need to either figure out how to monetize on their own as services around Uniswap, which is something that like Compound is doing or a bunch of other companies do, uh, like Instadap. That's what Instadap does. Um, or they could just leave it and let it go. Yeah, they have to build the Uni- the Uniswap protocol, right? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully mm-hmm. there is a, a flourishing ecosystem of viable mm-hmm. businesses that will uphold mm-hmm. that protocol and continue to use mm-hmm. it, correct? Right. Yep. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. will so see. So like the, the business model for Uniswap, and this is something that Alex on our recent podcast couldn't get. Like the business model for Uniswap is to pay liquidity providers, not Uniswap. The, if Uniswap succeeds when it transfers a bunch of fees and 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 market market exchange fees to the liquidity providers not to uniswap i mean i think what he was trying to say is that he does not know if that is optimal like i don't know it's just like where should a protocol end and when should a business take an operation i think that uh people that tend to prefer bitcoin they would say that the protocol should just create the monetary unit and everything else should kind of go towards, you know, other applications that get built on top of it. Um, people in ETH, they want to build protocols on protocols. Um, I mean, again, like Lightning is another protocol on the Bitcoin blockchain. Just like which protocols and which protocol should do what and what should a protocol do? And, you know, what what activity is vertical or horizontal enough uh, to require a protocol to be effective? Like these are very, very hard answers to answer. Or questions to answer like you know is it right for uniswap to be doing this or is it way more efficient for private businesses to use it to do it on a decentralized money i don't know i don't know i guess we'll see that's why the the differs in our thesis um one more thing before i get to you is that i think another prerequisite to what uh alex and i were arguing on the previous podcast were that uh, we have a lot of issues with the base layer under uniswap as well so even if we thought a you know protocol should do what uniswap does um i think there are uh there are i guess reservations about the underlying asset as well right and i don't think i'm ever going to be able to convince you otherwise of the underlying asset until ethereum 2.0 comes around and then that settles in and gets its own lindy um so i'm just going to sit and wait on that one in response to your to your first point which is do these protocols need to operate in that that non-business model way? Do they need to be like actual protocols rather than businesses? Do they need to be fully autonomous? The answer is no. They, they don't need to be that. They can. That's and that's the beauty of Ethereum. They can be anything they want to be. It's just the cool stuff that we weren't able to do before are the protocols. Like we can have traditional business models, like Spank Chain. Traditional business model is the company takes fees for the service. It's a porn site, like campsite, whatever. Like that's not new. The new thing that they're doing is they're doing it on crypto. And it's all the traditional business models that like, and we're, like realty, fractionalized real estate, not new. 
The way that it's new is that we use the Ethereum ledger to manage our assets. But it's the it's the non-new stuff that gets everyone excited. That's why Ethereum's all about like, oh, DeFi, DeFi, DeFi is because DeFi wasn't possible before. And so that's why all these applications that are trying to become protocols are the things that excite us. But the magic of Ethereum is that you can do whatever you want. You can have any hybrid protocol slash traditional business model, 90% protocol, 10% business model, 90% like old business, whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. It's just that we are currently in this phase where like we are realizing the potential of a significant amount of protocol only applications. And that's what we call DeFi, and that's what we're all rallying behind, and that's what we're uh, donating our money to to help build it out. It's really funny to kind of like. There's this like. I feel like Ethereum hasn't quite graduated beyond this idea of community, and I don't even think people in Ethereum want to. Like their idea is like, well, let's just scale community up to everyone, uh, which I find quite interesting, and I think that's evident in like the attitude of the community, like we have to fund these things, we have to be this unified group of people, we have to work together to do these things in cooperation. And again, I just have massive reservations that that can scale or will scale. And uh, what Bitcoin is saying just makes a lot more sense to me. Like, let's create something that no matter if you agree or not, Bitcoin is for enemies, you know, it's, it's just this constant thing that is the one thing that you can agree on. And let's see what happens there. And I think that that opens massive doors and I'm not as eloquent as you, but just because I'm not as eloquent doesn't mean what I'm saying is not hundred percent true. And that is that Bitcoin already was at zero to one. So whatever ETH is doing is the, the one to two or whatever, it just matters so, so much less. It's an interesting metaphor. So you're saying like, because right, because it, it Bitcoin built the blockchain and and that that in first instantiation of the blockchain blockchain is the valuable thing. And then like whatever new new uses of blockchains that are also legit like Ethereum are not going to be as valuable because Bitcoin was the first instantiation of it. I mean, again, like you could question like again, I'm not even saying that that ETH is is going to make it. I'm skeptical about that in general. But um, what I'm trying to say is that when Z when bitcoin went from 0 to 1 like that was the change programmable money happened at that point you could have a multi sig where the money won't move unless you have those signatures in that right there already changed the situation when it comes to any sort of um, custody or trust in the asset the money could move in a bare way it's completely censorship resistant it's distributed and more most importantly from an investment perspective it's extremely hard and finite um, so anything after that, like you just have to do so much more to surplant what Bitcoin is right now and where it is, you know, kind of in this economy. And that's why you say like, where's ETH2 going to be? But like at the same time, where like, where's Bitcoin going to be? Like ETH2 is not in this bubble. It, like what the fuck are you expecting Bitcoin to be in five years? If it's where it is right now in 10 years, like imagine the next five years before ETH2 is completely ready. I don't know. It's just like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to trigger people too much. I'm just trying to explain my thoughts here. So Peter Thiel's thesis is that if you want your product to succeed, coincidentally, the also the guy that made zero to one. If you if you want your uh, product to succeed, it needs to be a 10x improvement upon the first product. And so like multi sig is cool, right? Like okay, three of five, you know, five of seven, whatever. But like on Ethereum, 
you can set arbitrary rules as you see fit. Like I want to never be able to send more than 3% of my total value to anyone other than these particular addresses. And I don't want it to happen on Sundays and Tuesdays because I get to dictate that. Like you can program whatever you want. And so like to me, a three of five multi-sig is a one and a programmable personal bank account that also has stable assets inside of it is a is a 10x improvement on that and so that's why that's why i believe the power on ethereum you're muted that's that that's assuming that any of those things are actually real or like actually live up to that story that that you're saying literally a uh, product called ardent wallet which i have my funds in i mean so again like these things are available right now on ethereum but are they going to be is Ethereum going to make it for another 10 years, right? Are these products going to make yeah, it? Yeah, it's already hit escape, escape velocity, dude. It's already gone way past But you're it. trying to replace huh. it. You're trying to replace it. Like, I, I personally would be more bullish on ETH if you guys were just committed to ETH1 and we're just going to continue to build on that. But the fact that you are trying to coordinate to get onto something else, like, that is a huge mm-hmm. area where it's like, whatever happened, the Lindy is going to change. I mean, yeah, uh, the... Yes and no, uh, because Ethereum as the entity carries through that transition. Like Ethereum isn't just the blockchain. What is that? What? It, so what? What's that transition? Like, what is the entity? What do you mean? Is that the community? It's like the community, the the development community, the motivation and value of Ether. Like the value of Ether is actually a good point. Like the value of Ether will persist regardless of whether the transition happens or not like and plus like say like the transition fails like well hey we don't don't even know but but part of it is that there's not one day where like okay ethereum will transition on this particular day we're building a bridge the the ethereum bridge is going to be a multi-year long process there won't ever be one transition Right. So like it's not ever going to be like, oh, and it failed. Like, no, we do it until it succeeds. And again, <laughs> where the fuck is Bitcoin going to be? Like, I feel like like this assumption of like you, you don't have all, any of this time. You don't have this time to transition to a new layer like shit is happening. We, we will take as much time as we need again. Like and because it's we're building something else. Like Bitcoin can do whatever it's going to do. It's not important to Ethereum. Ethereum is doing something else. Is that what your investment thesis is uh, hinged on? Yes. Okay, you're fucking wrecked. (laughs) We are building out an internet native economy that Bitcoin cannot participate in. It doesn't happen on the blockchain. It's not real, guys. You're not invited. You're not invited. It is real. I use it every day. No, I'm saying if it's not happening on the blockchain, it's not real. So apparently if it's not happening on the ETH blockchain, whatever activity happened didn't fucking happen. Wait, what is that in reference to? I'm just okay. teasing you because you have arbitrary, uh, you have very, very arbitrary definitions of what is a separate economy. Right. It's an internet-based economy. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin completely enables that. No. No. It redefines what the traditional economy is. Is not internet native. Uh, wait, it redefines it as Ethereum native. You, Ethereum is not the internet. Just because it's Ethereum native it doesn't could, mean it's the, the, it could be. But the point is, like, luck. it is an economy that exists exclusively on the internet, whereas Bitcoin has one foot on both camps. It uses the internet to way bigger market. Sure, sure, for now, for now. 
Like that's the point of Ethereum is we think that when we combine all of the markets of the world, you create something way better. And so when personal finance and company finance and like institution finance all exist natively on Ethereum, not just holding Bitcoin, but like storing their DAI or USDC or whatever and getting an interest rate and doing streaming money and all this other sorts of things that we do and exchanging through exchanging. When all of that happens collectively in one place, that's really big. And Bitcoin will What's still exist and it will be somewhere else. It will be doing other things. And, now, I'm pretty sure it'll be on Ethereum too if ETH actually matters. Okay, and if Bitcoin comes to Ethereum, it has to use the Ether, Ether as the reserve asset to trustlessly come to Ethereum. So it has to... Well, that's why I said if ETH matters, then Bitcoin will probably be there. Right. But Bitcoin, in order to be there, will have to use Ether as a reserve asset because there's no other way to get Bitcoin on Ethereum trustlessly. So every so like if you're talking about TBTC, if you want... Now or later, when ETH is successful. What do you mean? I mean, like, maybe now it's not possible, but maybe later it will no, be. Unless, unless you guys fork to change your opcodes, unless Bitcoin forks to change its opcodes, it's not coming on trustlessly. I mean, people are... the. the I, I'm actually really excited. I'm going to get Mike Schmidt on this podcast to talk about what the future of Bitcoin looks like. But I think there's a massive misunderstanding on what is going to be possible in Bitcoin in the future. And the strategy and kind of methodology behind Bitcoin development is very different from other protocols. Uh, really what they're trying to do is how do we make things more efficient to fit within the predefined consensus rules, right? So it's not about like, we need to do this thing and we need to change everything to make it happen. And we have to coordinate everyone around making that change so that way we can do this thing, right? It's about everyone, they have these predefined rules and they can do whatever the fuck they want with it as long as they stay within those rules. And saying that something is not possible on Bitcoin is saying that it is possible for humans to figure out how to make something happen within Bitcoin's rules. So if that is your investment thesis on what is possible, then I, I just think you're fucked. Like Bitcoin has so much Lindy in this money situation. And then on top of that, we have all of these people that are financially invested in making it do things that they want it to do. Um, that is going to have some really fantastic results. And I think that people are grossly misunderestimating what is possible because uh, there are very conservative and predefined uh, kind of guidelines and limitations around what is in consensus. Okay. Nothing to add. Are you going to make a token or what? Yeah, we're going to make a fucking token. Moving on to a new subject. Uh, we're going to release POV crypto token. It's going to have the ticker POV. There will be 69 of them. And it will do absolutely nothing. Except for sit in Uniswap. So, that's the announcement. It's been announced. I'm sad that I said, are we going to make it? Because I have nothing to do with this. This is 100%, David. You're going to be a co-owner of the POV token. Yeah, I better get my airdrop, but... This is all David, guys. No, it's going to stay in the uh, podcast files. Well, because the podcast is going to have to supply it to Uniswap, or otherwise people won't be able to get their hands on it. So we're going to so we're going to hand some out to uh, some past guests, uh, some some here, some there, uh, and then we're going to stick like I don't know, thirty of them in Uniswap, thirty-five. I don't know. We'll figure it out. How do we make sure but that this is not security? It's not a security. How do we make sure? Well, it's not, don't buy it because it's not going to go up in value. 
or it might, but it's not. It won't. Go, it won't go up in value because of the labor of Christian and me. We're not. We're not paying people anything. We're just releasing the token. All right, guys. No, we're not. We're, our our re, the revenue from POV crypto is not going to the POV token. It's Nothing just is going towards a token. the token. I'm, I'm not even going to look at the token. I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist and forget that I said this and put it on the internet. I'm going to I'm going to back it with my own ether as in Uniswap because you have to, to to do that for Uniswap to work and so it's going to be worth 6 each token is going to be worth $6.90 and there's going to be 69 of them. And uh, maybe when we hand them out to previous guests and stuff they dump on it um, Maybe users and listeners of the podcast feel that they would like a POV token in their Ethereum wallet, so they'll go and buy one. Um, anything could happen. You could go in any direction, <laughs> but it will not be receiving every new revenue. We, we should we should use the the podcast ETH. We haven't we haven't liquidated it to buy mics or anything. Oh yeah, okay. just okay. do it for this. Yeah, maybe maybe we end up getting dumped on. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I hope we do. We'll, we'll figure out what. Dump on this. I want all 69 to be a POV whale. <laughs> oh, man. What could we do with it, though? If we, if, if, what if we wanted to turn this into a security? What could we do? Go to jail. <laughs> Other than that. That's, but what would we do before we went to jail? <laughs> well, first, we would have to not... If we wanted it to, to not be a security, we would just not say that we're going to do things uh, that would increase its value, but then actually do that, and it would just be like the wink-wink. Which is not what this is. The what? There's like the fluffy pony Monero thing. It's like, Monero, don't use Monero. It's only used for drugs. Yes, mm. it's completely private. Mm. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This token's completely worthless. I'm ashamed of it in every way. Yeah. Maybe we'll, if somebody wants to come onto the podcast, they can burn it and then they get one free episode. <laughs> Except then there's, then there's only 68. So that's not cool. So now it's a utility token. I prefer a piece of shit, just like nothing. Utility tokens don't exist. You, I, I hate that term, utility token. Utility security token, that whole like spectrum just came out of the 2017, 2018 ICO bubble because like lawyers need to say like, okay, your token's not a security, it's a utility token. Utility tokens, the only to utility token I've ever heard of is wires uh, when you uh, KYC an Ethereum address with them, they send you a ERC-721 to register your address with them saying, okay, we've KYC this address, we can send money to this address. That's a utility token. A utility token, like basic attention token, that's not a utility token. That's a, that's a shitty payment token. It's something else. What was the tweet thread that you guys are talking about, you and Alex? It was like the story of every uh, blockchain company. Uh, wait, me and Alex? Okay, now here, I'll, t I'll, tell it, I'll tell it. So this is how it goes. The story of every blockchain company. Man or person thinks of blockchain use case, creates a blockchain and a token that actually becomes money isn't, and then is in free market competition with Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. So actually, this does bring up a subject matter that I would like to talk about because I, was, I, was, I went off on Bancor last night. Um, so yeah, the the you are the Bitcoin maximalist right. of ETH heads. Yeah, you realize that. That's why I'm so confident that you guys are coming to us one day, and and not vice versa. Um, <laughs> you don't think that you're gonna come to us? I've I've taken my steps, sir. <laughs> okay, who was I arguing with? Hold on, um, Nate Hindman, who does 
growth growth for Bancor. Um, I think I probably saw him in Tel Aviv. Um, so on this one uh, Twitter account, DeFi Prime, uh, he retweets the Bancor announcement of how they are going to make a USDB, a US dollar uh, stablecoin backed by the Bancor token. Uh, and DeFi Prime asked, do we, need, do we really need one more stablecoin? And then I re responded, we don't even need Bancor. Um, and then this guy, Nate, who does growth at Bancor, comes in and talks and defends Bancor, basically, and says, your trolling highlights one of the biggest challenges holding crypto back, constant hate and factionalism. Instead of collecti collectively building and driving adoption, we are not your enemy traditional finances. And so I, this triggers me, and I go fucking off on him. Uh, and I go, your anti-factionalism stance, in my opinion, is a cover-up to disguise how Bancor violated, violated economic principles to justify a $150 million ICO to do what Hayden Adams did in his spare time. Um, let's see what else. I Was 2017 David into Bancor? No, I never had any. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so here's what I follow up with. The reason why Bancor gets pushback from the Ethereum community is because it fired the first shot. By doing a $150 million token sale for a token that doesn't need to exist, that could have been returning back to the value of Ether, but instead lined Bancor's pockets. Um, this goes back to the purpose and role of the BNT token. BNT is trying to supplant Ether in Uniswap with its own version of Uniswap Bancor, but instead of ETH, it used BNT. And then they're doing the stablecoin, also backed by BNT trying to compete with MakerDAO using ETH to back DAI. And so like, I, got, I asked him, what's next on the Bancor roadmap? BNT settled Augur project, BNT collateralized synthetics, and the EIP to enable BNT staking in Ethereum 2.0. Uh, yeah, and then I go, uh, after that, rip Bancor, and I show the, the terrible price performance of Bancor, which I'll show right here. So yeah, I just Is went that off against on Bancor. Bitcoin or ETH? Uh, all of them, U.S. dollar, Bitcoin, ETH. <sighs> yeah. You ripped so, the like, scammer a new butthole. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't think he's a scammer. One step closer to Bitcoin maximalism, you toxic bastard. Yeah. No, except Ethereum maximalism is what we're all we're all converging on. Except, no, you get to be your Bitcoin maxi, and I'm going to be my ETH maxi because they're both legitimate. But what is not legitimate is Bancor maxi. Uh, the other thing I was pretty proud of, it was like, yo, Nate, uh, was that his name? Nate? Um, I think I find it super ironic that Bancor named itself Bancor after the failed adoption, uh, that was proposed by, uh, John Meaner Keys in, in Bretton Woods, this, uh, new global currency that he proposed that everyone was like, nah, no thanks. We're going to use gold. <laughs> like, yeah, it's super, super timely. Uh, glad I learned about that like three months ago. <laughs> this is beautiful. I'm just going to forgive that you're mistaking uh, Bitcoin for Ethereum, but everything else is just coming into place very nicely. You could have done none of those things on Bitcoin. Like, if you want Bitcoin to do that job, figure out how to build Uniswap and MakerDAO and Augur and, and Synthetics on it's not, Bitcoin. It's too then, early. Then it can be this, the, the reserve asset. Okay, if it's too early, then stop giving Ethereum people shit because we're building it now. But you're not Where's really... Ethereum going to be? Where's Ethereum going to be when it finally figures out how to do MakerDAO on Bitcoin? We're not trying to do MakerDAO Already on Bitcoin. Having We're Maker trying to DAO. make the dollar irrelevant, which makes MakerDAO relevant. Yeah, but you're this whole thing about, oh, yeah, Bitcoin's going to be stable at some point in time. No. No, the stop. world is going to organize like, differently you, in the future. If you, 
The world is organized differently before in the past. As if that is not some like high in the sky like comment. Okay. Whatever. You should read The Sovereign Individual. Oh yeah, in a hundred years from now, the world's going to reorganize itself and not care about volatility. Volatility is a perspective thing. Like if you look at, you know that US dollar is not stable. It's volatile. It trades against other things. It's just in the US market bubble in a short period of time, prices appear to be stable. But over time, prices are going up. So it's not actually stable. Um, and I think that volatility will become less prominent in short periods of time. Although volatility will continue because all prices will go down against Bitcoin probably forever, which I think makes a lot more sense because we are getting more efficient as a human race at producing shit. Why is shit getting more expensive? Other than the fact that the dollar is stably going down in value. The dollar is stable because when the price changes, the Fed does the equal and opposite thing. There's no Fed in Bitcoin. Which is why things will be priced appropriately rather than sure. the other way around. Well, no, I mean, it, sure, maybe priced appropriately, sure, but not stably. The world would be much better at economic, uh, economic evaluation and stability sure. is not necessary for that. No, you still and need Bitcoin stability. is stable. It's a stable unit yeah, no, it's of not. measurement for value. No, it's not. It's not. It has, it's, you can't redefine the other parts of Bitcoin and call that stable and then say that's stable price. You need the price of the thing to be stable. No, that's not true because things are getting cheaper to produce. So if you are pricing them accurately, they should be getting cheaper over time. If they are saying the same price, Bitcoin's going to move with by percentage money. numbers for the rest of its existence. What are you basing? And so that I'm talking about like day to day stability, day to day, month to month. People Why is that important? So the majority of the world don't live finance with that. and business. The majority of the world does not live with that. Yeah, but the, 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 world the world's greatest operates. economy, the U.S. dollar economy does have that it thrives on the cantaloupe effect it thrives because it can print money <laughs> it's the greatest country in the world because it's closest to the money you can't you can't say stability is worth nothing we don't even have stability this idea of stability is a fucking lie it's not a lie it's we do have it's stability a lie and it's becoming even more of a lie like okay the sun the sun is moving and it's not stable to the rest of the universe but it's still stable to us and that's what matters and that's what Bitcoin is, 21 units. Okay, you, there are other ways of stability, which is price stability. Why do you want things to be priced the same? So I, I can to get make decisions time. about the future. No, you, you can't make decisions because your underlying measurement is being manipulated to try to keep price stable. Okay, both of these sense. things are true. Both of these things are true. Like, I understand your perspective, but you're trying to say that your perspective is the only perspective. You have to say that the commitment to pay back the same amount of price later on a loan or whatever is also valuable. Like, cool, we get stability in total numbers of, of Bitcoins, but that's not the kind of, there's other kinds of stability that are valuable, as in the kind of stability that everyone else wants. I don't think everyone else wants that. Okay. Well. All right. We should, well, we should move classic on. fight night. Classic <laughs> fight night. Great episode. This is fantastic. POV token will also have perfect stability. And in fact, it won't be 
it, it'll be have 69 at day one. So it'll be perfectly stable from day one. You guys, it's Instamind, hard money. No more will be printed ever. Just 69. It's going to supplant everything as the unit of account for the world. It's going to be hilarious. We will live in a meme world all backed by POV. All backed by POV. Did we just make it a security? No, because no one is, no one is uh, working towards this. It's yes. the community. No, it's no, no, instantly no, no. decentralized. POV is the token in the secure world is backed by the token POV. POV crypto is this stupid podcast and no one listens to it. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, you heard it here first. You can follow me at CK underscore snarks. I do not contone POV token. And you can follow the podcast at POV crypto pod. You can follow me at Trustless State both on Twitter and on Medium. My favorite tokens are MKR token, Ether, and POV. Which actually has not yet been minted, but I need to go do that. <laughs> per usual, living in a fairy tale. Love you all, man. <laughs> Will you deceive?